0: Now can Fletcher, Ronnie and Beth come up to share some um, experiences yeah. <laughs> with working with homelessness? Yeah,
1: thank you. And, I'll just, I'll... and just as I come, I thought I might just just pray for a moment as well. So please, please come up to the front. Lord. Um, I just uh, thank you once again for the opportunity to be here this morning in this place and for those that are joining us online as well. Um, my prayer is that, um, as Beck and Ronnie and Fletcher just speak about their experiences with homelessness, will actually capture your heart uh, and your heart for all people. That um, you you have concern for each and every one of us individually. Want us to know you and want us to actually know the support you give, and just for the way that you work through people. And I just pray that um, yeah, we'll just. Really get a sense of um, how you're working through people and impacting uh, those that really have great needs. I just, just thank you for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So, who's thank first? Beck.
2: Thank you. Well, I'm Beck and this is Ronnie. Uh, we've been asked to share um, with you this morning about this big topic of homelessness. Which is the theme that we're doing today in the service? So we've both worked in the human services field for many years. Um, myself in the areas of homelessness and mental health, and Ronnie in the space of disaster recovery, disaster recovery management. <laughs> now, the topic of homelessness might be this big, scary, uncomfortable um, topic for some, or it might be something you've never even really thought about before. <laughs> Um, it might be a bit foreign, a bit far, you might feel a bit far removed from the situation. You might not have ever known anyone that's experienced homelessness. Um, or you might not have ever really needed to worry about where you sleep tonight or know anyone that has. But the very sad truth is that there, um, are a lot of people, um, in our community that, that, um, are dealing with this situation. So I like to think that when we talk about it, we can understand it better, um, we have the right information about what's happening around us in the community, it might give us even the confidence to talk about it to our friends or call us to action and support someone that we come across in our lives who might be impacted by it. So let's talk about it. So maybe in your minds, just think about what do you think homelessness is or what does it look like? So just, just think about it in your minds. And then maybe at the end think about if what you thought is what we've talked about today or it might be a little bit different. All right. So homelessness is where a person has no permanent place to live or when they don't have a place to sleep or eat or keep their belongings. So you might think about homelessness maybe as the experience of rough sleeping. Lots of people think about it as the people in the city that you see on the street, um, the people looking a little bit dishevelled or might be asking for money. Um, And this is true, that that is homelessness, but actually that only makes up 6% of um, the homeless population. So most of the homeless people um, are hidden from view. So they might be couch surfing, so this means that they... Might be going from house to house, friends' houses, families' houses, um, because they don't have anywhere else to stay. There are many families who are supported in emergency motel accommodation, um, and there's other people that live in cars and tents, caravan parks, boarding houses. So no one is immune from it. it. It touches families, children, men, women, young people, older people, anyone can become homeless. So it's a big issue across Australia. There are actually over 122,000 people each night that are um, homeless in Australia. So to put this in a little bit of perspective, that means that that number is around eight times more than the entire number of people who live in the Mitcham City Council area. So imagine if every person you saw on your drive to church today, well, you might not have seen many because it's Sunday, but on, um, you know, on, on your drive to school um, was homeless So you would only come across one-eighth or one small amount of the people that are classified as homeless in Australia right now. It's not just an issue that's faced in the city um, where you might see the rough sleepers, but it is in most suburbs across Adelaide, Um, even in Blackwood um, and each of our suburbs that we live in. There have actually been people in our very own church community that have been faced with this and it's very likely that there may be someone in your own school or family in your neighbourhood right now that is impacted and you may not even realise it because it's so often a hidden issue and those experiencing it may feel too embarrassed or ashamed or not want to talk about it. So what what causes it? I worked in the homelessness um, services for about 10 years Um, and in that time it became clear to me that most people don't choose to be homeless and no one is immune from it. It's often caused by lots of different factors like social, financial, health issues and circumstances that are outside of people's control, which is really not the message that a lot of people are given about it. We're often led to believe that it is the result of substance abuse um, or other poor life choices that people make. The truth is that individuals and families who um, came to our service, um, they did that often after a, a number of different factors that happened in their life. You know, it might have been the death of a loved one, they might have lost their jobs, Have a range of financial problems or relationship breakdowns caused by domestic and family violence. So these situations have a really horrible impact on a person's personal um, and mental and physical well-being. In the last couple of years, especially since COVID, and you might have seen it in the news. Um, or experienced it even yourself that um, people were accessing services because they couldn't find rental properties anymore and owning or renting a home became too unaffordable for people and there weren't enough um, affordable housing options for them. So perhaps if we were in one of these situations, we'd probably have a friend or a family member or someone who would be ready to support us. We'd just have to call them. But unfortunately, that's not the case for a lot of people in our community, that they don't have positive people in their lives um, who can support them. So we're going to have a quick look um, now at just a short little video about Danny's story. So this talks a little bit about what um, some of the issues we've been talking about. Um, but then it also talks about hope for people in this situation um and the value of being supported through it so i'll hand over to ronnie after the video thanks dave
3: when i was younger i dreamt about driving an ambulance becoming a circus performer living on an island all those beautiful dreams you have about the future when you're young but i never dreamt that one day I'd experience homelessness years of homelessness it happened in stages like a spiral going down and down. No matter how hard I tried to fight it, I just couldn't stop it. I had to leave a really challenging family and domestic violence situation, which really impacted my confidence and mental health. Less than a year later, my landlord sold the property I was renting. When I thought things couldn't get worse, I started house hunting. I applied and applied and applied for the few places I could afford, and so did many others. So many others. I was always close, but never close enough. The only choice I had was squeezing in on the couches at friends' places, feeling like the unwanted guest. Eventually, I found myself living in a car, always feeling afraid through the night, unable to cook a proper meal, and washing under taps in parks. I don't think I have words to describe how it really felt, and I hope you never have to find out. But that's the thing, we all think it can't happen to us, but then it can, and it does. And so, my only dream became a place to call home. I'm not sure I would have ever achieved that dream if it wasn't for the Salvo's help. Here I am today, finally seeing that dream come alive. The day I got the keys to my new place, I couldn't wipe the smile off my face. It's the smallest things that make me smile the most now. A warm shower, a place to make a cup of tea, a comfy pillow. It doesn't mean life is always easy, but having my own place has taken away a huge level of stress and anxiety. It is so important because a home is so much more than just a roof. It's a safe place where kids can slowly begin to build confidence and security at school, a place to invite a friend or neighbour in and a way to feel like part of a community again. To me, a home is hope. And having a home has finally allowed me to dream of a positive future once
4: again. Um. I'm up here because, probably for two reasons. One is that I worked for the Housing Trust for, goodness knows, over 20 years. And during that time, I was on the board of Catherine House. So, Catherine House is a a women's shelter in the um, city. And it provides crisis and longer-term accommodation to women couple of stories uh, out of that my time when I was involved with Catherine House. One was that we employed a new senior staff member and uh, she was a well-educated, very compassionate, lovely woman and uh, I remember she hadn't been there very long and she said to us um, one day, you know, I got a real shock this week. She said, um, a woman that I know came into the shelter. She was homeless. And she said, I was shocked. Even though I I understand homelessness, she said, I was shocked because I went to university with that woman. And although I know education, you know, doesn't protect you, I'm still shocked that someone I knew at university is in this position. So it was a, a real moment for her in her understanding and coming to terms with what homelessness meant. This was back in the uh, in the 90s and uh, one of the trends that was identified was that women that were coming in to Catherine House because they were homeless, they would go through the program which meant uh, being in crisis accommodation and then semi-supported accommodation and then were supported into the um, rental market. But we had some of those women coming back to Catherine House maybe a year later, maybe, you know, longer than that. And so the CEO at the time was very committed about finding out why was that happening? We were trying to support these women in the longer term, but it wasn't happening. And so we, the program started to change to... Um, so to enable us to stop homelessness for these women for good, where we could, and Beck has picked up on some of these things. So some of the, the current programs that, that are run out of Catherine House now, and um, they've run a, they now run a women's centre, which uh, helps to build on um, interpersonal skills. And things like they can do fitness training there, they can learn how to use computers, they can uh, do music programs, they can do numeracy and literacy there, they learn to cook, they learn budgeting. So lots of the skills that we might take for granted but they need these skills in that longer road. Catherine House always also runs mental health programs and through partnerships provides drug and alcohol support, legal support, guidance, counselling, education and employment opportunities. So now they're trying to, and I know that I'm not trying to, they are providing a real package that means that they want women to come, go through Catherine House, get into their own community and not only survive but thrive in that community. Let's move on to another service in the city, which is fantastic, which is Hut Street. So Hut Street, they have a, a word that I love, which is homefulness. Never heard of that word, don't even know that that word exists, but I love it. And they use it to describe having a place to live with a sense of security, stability, privacy and safety. Good word. Remember, homefulness. So, Hut Street has, has a slightly different service to Catherine House. They don't provide uh, on-site accommodation as such, but they do provide some really practical things for those that are doing it tough. So they provide meals. You can have a breakfast and lunch there. You can go there for a shower. You can go there to use the laundry. They have lockers for belongings and in my time with the Housing Trust, I, I know some of the th- people, they struggled with some of these things that we get up and do without thinking about. But think about if you've got nowhere that you can put your belongings and they might be the only belongings you've got, how do you keep them safe and secure? Another service they provide, which I think is a really good one, is especially for people doing it tough where if you don't have a fixed address, it's really difficult to receive services. And so Hut Street will run run a mail collection service for people. So, they also have outreach services that um, provide medical um, checkups and financial counselling. They connect people with housing, education, employment opportunities, and they also have a range of community and wellbeing programs. I'm just going to do a little plug here before we move on. They have a program that unfortunately finished last Friday, otherwise we would have been signing you all up um, today to do a program called Walk a Mile in My Boots and you get some exercise while you're raising some money so next year folks let's move on to some other organizations Okay, there's quite a few up there. I'll just very quickly skim through them. So treasure boxes provide essential items, clothing, toiletries. Backpackers for kids provide clothing and toiletries for children and they provide anchor packs for homeless young people. And this is a bit daunting because in those anchor packs they provide things like sleeping bags. So these are kids who don't have those basics and they're, they're you know, they're young, they're youth and younger. Um, Oz Harvest, they collect surplus food, they grow food and they cook meals for families in need. Rufus Charity, they provide essential furniture and items and I know that in 2020, they were fitting out an average of three houses per week. That's, you know, three families that have have got nothing and need some basics. Now, there would be more than that, but I think it's a, it's a good statistic. Puddle jumpers, they run programs uh, for at-risk young people, camps and, and day activities. Safe pets, safe families. Um, pets can be a problem um, if you're uh, sleeping rough or if you don't have suitable accommodation. No, but not everybody uh, wants you to bring your dog with you if you are couch surfing. Um, So they run programs to care for people in difficult circumstances and they're caring for the pets. So, yeah, they care for the pets and when the people's circumstances improve, they can reconnect with their pet. Great program. And share the dignity they provide personal hygiene products. Beck. All right, we're nearly to the end.
2: But I guess what we've talked about today, it's huge. It's big, it's complex, and you might think... Like, what can I personally do about it? Or even what's the point of talking about it at all? But in the Bible, there are many examples of Jesus caring for the needy, the widowed, the poor. He made a point of loving those who were the outcasts of society. The reason why it's mentioned so much is because it was actually really um, against the grain or countercultural for the place and the time where Jesus was. Jesus frequently interacted with people who were poor. They were begging on the streets. They were widowed, which basically meant they were homeless in that society and they were unwell. Regular folks, like probably you and I in that time, would question why Jesus was so concerned for them. I think in a similar way, we live in a society that has been raised... um, on a narrative that we are always in control of our circumstances and the outcomes in life. You know, we have sayings like, if it's meant to be, it's up to me. I can make it happen. If I just work harder or get another job, it'll all be okay. These are all things that are ingrained, I think, in our culture. So even as Christians, I think we can forget and have to constantly be reminded that we... All we have comes from God who gives it. And it's also very easy to make judgments on people who are struggling or who might be different or look different to us. Jesus calls us to put our faith and love into action and be concerned with those who are most vulnerable in our community, even if it goes against the grain or it's countercultural or takes us out of our comfort zone. In Proverbs 21, it says, if a man shuts his ears to the cry of the poor, he too will cry out and not be answered. And in 1 John 3, 17, it says, if anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need, but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? Don't these sound like really powerful calls from God to help? those around us who might be in need. I'm going to ask Fletcher to come up now. He's going to talk about this in action. So, Fletcher, what was something that you recently saw on a school excursion in the city that concerned you? Uh, I saw a man sleeping on the
0: streets and all he had was a blanket and a couple pieces of bread.
2: Yeah. And when you saw that, what what were your feelings about it? Uh, sad and just ruined. wasn't wasn't a nice feeling. Yeah. yeah. And what was something then that you felt like you could do in response to that?
0: Uh, pray for them.
2: So what? So you've been praying each night. Uh, Mum was saying that you've been praying each night about it. Good. Thank you. Thanks for sharing. And what a great example of being moved and called into action by recognizing the needs of a person within our community. So we've just got some practical examples here about what we as individuals or collective could support those experiencing homelessness. So like Flexure, we could t- to pray. Um, and we're actually going to have a, a time later in the service where we have an opportunity to do that. We can be a good friend if we see someone struggling at school or in our neighbourhood. We can check in on them and offer support and love, a meal or a bag of groceries. We could volunteer our time to any of those support services that we, um, Ronnie just spoke about. We, you could donate money or practical items. Most of those places are crying out for furniture and clothes and toys. Or even get involved in events like the Walk a Mile in Our Boots um, that raise awareness or advocacy um, opportunities. We've probably gone really way over time, (laughs) but pray that it's been helpful to not only understand homelessness, but what we as a body of believers can um, do to support those in our community. So thank you.
5: I am puffed. Kids, take your seats. And we're actually going to have a Bible reading from Jen. Thanks, Jen. You're Jen. You're Jen.
0: Um, so we're reading from John 14, verse 1 to 4. Do not, be, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? And, I sh- and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you may also be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going.
6: Thank you, Jen. Thank you for the kids getting up here dancing. Wasn't that fantastic? Thank you to Sarah for pulling all this together too and uh, for Ronnie and Beck for your sharing. That's amazing, just looking at the time and how much I've got. So I'll be quick. Part of me feels like I don't really need to say much actually. Um, a lot, lot's already been said. But uh, kids, Beck uh, challenged us this morning. She said, have a think about homelessness and what is in your mind and then after that, has it changed? And I think... My understanding has changed just from that presentation. I think one particular statistic, 120,000 people in Australia. Who who thought that? I I'd, I'd had no idea. So that shows what a, a, an issue it is in our society, in our community. But um, I just wanted to talk about how, you know... Beck said Jesus was really countercultural because back then and probably even in our day, there's this sense of looking after ourselves and, and, and building our own castles, making ourselves comfortable. Uh, but Jesus was against that. He was about loving other people, serving, and, and he really showed the way in that. But I was thinking about homelessness and if someone is without home, what actually is home? Like, if we were to describe what home is, what words or what emotions or what sort of themes conjure up? And I'm, I'm happy for you guys to shout out. And, and kids, you might want to say, what, if, if I say to you home, what does home actually mean? Yeah? Home means that it's your special place. It's your special place. How? Amazing is that? What's some other things? What does home mean? Yeah? Uh huh. Where you live? Yeah? Yeah? Um, so it's somewhere where you can stay. Somewhere where you can stay, uh, JJ? Um, where you eat? You can stay there and eat there? That, that's important, isn't it? What about you? What, what do you think home means to you? Where A place that's where you can play so it's safe. Joel? A place, of comfort. a place of comfort. Wow, we've got some really amazing words here, yeah? Where you're with family under one roof. That's great. Yeah, Max?
0: It's dry and
6: warm. Where it's dry and warm. I'm loving this. Fletch? You have security. That's a great word. Yeah, Andrew? Endless maintenance jobs. <laughs> Yeah, I wasn't really going down that path, but that's, that's all good. Oh, you, you've had, had a go. Where you can feel comfortable. Where you can feel comfortable, that's come up. Okay, maybe one or two more. Maybe some grown-ups. Any other thoughts about home? No, you've had a go. No? Where you play cricket. True. Levi. Somewhere to park your car. All right. I reckon, I I was thinking about what does home actually mean? And I came up with four different categories and I reckon you guys covered them pretty much today. So the first one is a sense of security. Home is somewhere that is safe. It it is a refuge. It is a shelter. It's protection. I remember as a young kid, uh, I used to ride my bike in the neighbourhood a lot and I used to just be able to explore. That's what it was like back then. But I always remembered which way was back home. But just in case something happened, I knew where protection was. I knew where shelter was. I knew where safety was. And home is described as somewhere where we can go that we know is safe. We know that is secure, um, and and that there is shelter. And one came up. Someone said comfort. It's where it's comfortable. Yeah, home, ah, where there's rest, where there's peace, where, the you know, the things are the way we like them to be. There's a sense of when it's... Cold outside, it's warm inside. When it's warm outside, it's cool inside. And I see see um, this reflected in a lot of our TV shows. There's a lot of Reno shows and uh, shows about decorating and things like that because we all like our homes to be a particular way. We like them to be comfortable. We like the decor. We like uh, the the sofas and how they are. So there's a sense of of comfort. We can come home after a busy day or day at school, and we can just relax. That's what home means. Another thing that June said, it's our family. It's a sense of belonging. Hey, these are my people. That <laughs> They understand me. Uh, there's a sense of culture in that home that we all share that is the same and there's a trust in that. And we might go to someone else's home and that culture or that understanding might be completely different, but in our own home, we understand it and there's a sense of familiarity in that. And last, and, and, oh, that was what I was going to say. I, I remember we, we went, Joe and I went on a, a cruise. She, she got to, um, she earned a cruise on uh, the Mediterranean a few years back, and I got to go with her as well. And whilst that was an amazing time and an amazing experience, um, there was something uh, within both of us that whilst we wanted to continue on, there's a sense of something calling us back home, and that, of was course, was this. You get the Get there at the airport, welcome home, mummy and daddy, and home is where our family were. And lastly, a sense of love. Uh, In in our home is, you know, Jesus said um, that that, that our home should be a place of love. So there is an acceptance and relationships and an embracing of of who we are. Um, Sometimes we can be out in the world or in our workplaces, in our school, and people might judge us, people might talk down about us, but we know that when we go home, no matter what's happened, there's a sense of understanding, there's a sense of love and acceptance of who we are and what we've gone through. And so if we think about these sort of broad themes, home is a big thing. Home isn't just a house, it's not just a shelter. Home actually means a lot more, which is why I think homelessness is such a big issue, because For homelessness people, they are missing out on that security, on that comfort of that family and of that love. And as I was thinking about this, um, we, no matter where we are, no matter what our circumstances are, we all have a hungering for home. I believe that each and every one of us are made up in such a way It's a God-given desire and longing for home because we all long for that security. We all long for that rest and comfort. We all long for true family. We all long for love. Each and every one of us, no matter whether we're on the street or whether we've got ten mansions, every human being is the same. We all long for and need those things, yet If we're honest, all of these things that we experience in our lives are only temporary and they are um, imperfect. We we might strive for security, we might strive for comfort, but, you know, something happens and it undoes that. Or, you know, no matter what happens, we, we long for a right family, but things happen in relationships. So whilst we might have some of those things, those things are imperfect in a way, and we, we all long for something that is not temporary but forever, and not imperfect but perfect. And that's exactly what the Bible speaks about when it talks about our eternal home, when it talks about our eternal family, when it talks about unconditional love, is that the Bible says that this earth isn't our home, but our home is in heaven uh, Paul says this to the Philippians, we, our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, because that's our longing, our, our, our desire, uh, you know, all of us experience some sense of of longing for something that is more. Um, in 2 Corinthians, Paul says, for we know that if our earthly tent, he's talking about bodies there, but we could Talk about it as a home as well. Uh, that we live in is destroyed. We have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. And it says, I love this line. It says, Meanwhile we groan. Does anyone groan? Cause I groan a bit and I long to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling. No matter how good we try to make our homes no matter the effort that we put in for decor for security to make our family right we know that it is ultimately um not it's a temporary thing and it's imperfect and so there's this longing and there's this there's this this desire to groan for what god has made for us so where does that leave us do we, do we just, um, just put aside the, the world that we live in and just throw everything away and just wait for our, our time in heaven? <laughs> no, Jesus doesn't say to do that. And that's why it's important that we live out our faith day to day, that we serve, that we love, that, that we reach out, that we make a difference uh, in this world as he's called us to. But, but in the knowledge and in the hope and motivated by the fact that ultimately everything in this world is going to fade away. Everything in this world is going to go. But Jesus has promised that there is a, a home for us in heaven. And that is not obtained. That is not, um, it is. we don't secure that home by our efforts. We don't secure that home by how good we are. We don't secure that home by doing all the right things. Jesus has actually made the way which is what Jen uh, read for us from John. And I want to read you the message version uh, of what Jen uh, read. Don't let this rattle you. So don't let this this groaning, this this tension, uh, this this suffering rattle you, but trust in God, don't you? Trust in me, says Jesus. There is plenty of room for you in my father's home. If that weren't so, I would not have told you that I'm on my way to get a room ready for you. Isn't that a great hope? Um, in that video the, of the, the lady on, from the, on the video, it said, uh, home is hope. Um, and that is a great hope that we have in Jesus for his home that he's preparing for us. I am on my way to get a room ready for you. And if I'm on my way to get a room ready, I'll come back and get you so you can live where I live. And you already know the road that I'm taking. See, the way to that to um, to uh, uncover what's wrong word. The way to get rid of that groaning. <laughs> the way the way to fulfill. That's it. That that desire in us is is not through our works. It's not through through striving and trying. But it's in trusting in Jesus. That Jesus has pathed the way. He knows which way to go. And he's promised he's going to come back and he's going to take us to our ultimate home where there will be no more tears. There will be no more imperfections. There will be no more um, uh, temporary things, but it will be eternal, glorious, beautiful thing. And that's each and every one of our us's hope who put our hope in Jesus Christ. So I just want to pray and then I'm going to invite Mon up and she's going to lead us in praying as a church. Uh, for all that we've heard about and all that we've thought about this morning. So join us, join me as we pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that uh, you have promised that the things that we long for will be fulfilled uh, in our eternal home. We thank you that you are our true security, our true refuge, our rock in times of trouble. We thank you that you are our comfort, that you are our rest. We thank you that you have drawn us into your family. You've adopted us as children uh, of the Father. And we thank you for the way that you have unconditionally loved us. Despite whatever we do, we know that we are accepted and welcomed by you. And, Lord, that is all of your doing. That is all what you have done and won for us on the cross. And so, Lord, we just come this morning uh, as we think about homelessness. We thank you for what you've done for us spiritually and help that uh, to motivate us to live out our lives practically in the way that we serve and live out ourselves as Christians in the community. So bless this time now, Lord, and I uh, just ask that you continue to work in us as a church and as individuals that we'd be a- a- awakened to what you're calling us to. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. I'm going to invite Monop, who's going to just lead us now in a time of prayer.
5: Hello, I am Mon and I have Jack here with me. Um, I am very grateful to have home here on earth and I know that I have a home in heaven, but as we've been thinking about this and thinking about all the people that are homeless, um, both homeless here on earth but also perhaps homeless just now uh, in respect to heaven too, um, you might be
0: wondering, as I'm wondering, what can we do? One thing we can all do is pray. God loves and cares for everyone. We can ask him to protect his people and provide for them. We can also ask God to show us how we can help and care for everyone all around us.
5: So around the room, you'll see there's pictures on the wall, uh, all representing uh, homelessness or charities that support people Um that are homeless and in a few minutes we're going to invite you to actually get up and uh, move around the room to have a look at these pictures to
0: use them as prompts for your prayers kids take your parents to a picture have a chat about what you see and quietly pray with them
5: now, for those of you that you that would prefer just to say sitting in your seat, you can do so and <laughs> um, just pray um, as you are led um, by the things that uh, you've thought about um, as this in the service so far. Um, Jack's going to start us in prayer, and then um, please, yeah, take a few minutes to go around the room and pray.
0: Dear God, as we come before you now we think about how Jesus helped and cared for the poor, the sick, the people who felt left out, and all those who are in need. Please help us be like Jesus in our community. Please show us what we can do to love and care for people in need.
5: Please, yeah. Pray,
0: keep praying.
5: prayers now. As you finish your prayers now, Jack's going to just
0: finish us up. Lord Jesus, you reached out your hand to those who other people rejected. Let us do the same. We lift all our prayers up to you. Thank you for always listening and thank you for loving all your people. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thanks, Jack.
6: Are you going to intro yes. or okay. <laughs>
5: okay. All right. Well, as we finish up, we're going to finish with one song. We're going to have the um, youth band and a couple of kids join us in leading us in singing Build My Life, which is a beautiful song.
0: you. <laughs> Think. Right. so we'll look there
1: get yeah, like that
0: stand and sing with us. Thank you so much for coming today. Hope you love today's service. Our morning tea is starting shortly. Cost is a gold coin donation per person, but you're always welcome to give as much as you can. All donations will go to the Hub Street Centre to help end homelessness in our community. If you've forgotten cash today, because let's be honest, not many people actually carry real money, um, you're welcome to do a bank transfer. We'll put the account details back up on the screen. Please consider how much you can give today. Thank you.
1: That's fantastic. Thanks, Luke. And the, the little box to give is over at the coffee area, and the details are also on a on a notice there. And label, yeah, if you're giving through the church, label at Hut Street Centre. That's important, just so we can allocate that to them. So that's fantastic. Thanks, thanks everyone. It was a great song at the end. Enjoy. <laughs>